What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin! Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Under Ledger. This is your host, Moul Said, and I'm back once again on your weekly rendezvous from Paris. I've been looking forward to this episode since I first spoke to our guests a couple of weeks ago, because our guest today is an exceptional one, one that I have to say I'm a big fan of. He's an electronic music pioneer, a composer, producer, curator, and DJ. His music flows between different genres and locations, from raves to clubs to radio stations, and hell, even space satellites. But he's also a man of many talents, with eclectic interests in contemporary art, fashion, poetry, AI, and most recently, crypto art and NFTs, which we'll explore in a minute. You might recognize him from this. I was mistaken. Or this. You're not alone, and I'm not alone. Or my favorite. So, enough teasing. As you might have guessed it, our guest today is Sébastien Deveau, a.k.a. Agoria. Seb, welcome to Under Ledger. How are you feeling today? Amazing. Thank you so much, Mo, for this uh, great introduction. I think you can't see me, but I'm blushing. So thanks a lot for having me in this show. Um, I'm super grateful to, to be here with you and to speak about what I'm doing in the NFT world, actually. No, I'm the one who's super grateful. I'm a big fan of you and I'm super excited to drum with you on this one. So I want us to get started right away. So this is On The Ledger Season 2, Episode 8, The World of Agoria. Here we go. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, it's clear that you're an artist with a deep interest in technology, so it's probably not surprising to see you exploring the non-fungible world. Uh, but what I'm quite curious about is kind of your light bulb moment, because everyone has this light bulb moment where you go, aha, okay, this is something interesting. Uh, how did it happen? Um, about the NFT world exactly, or about the crypto in general? Crypto, crypto art and NFTs, or crypto in general, like whatever you prefer. We can, go, we can start from crypto and go down to NFTs if you wish. I think I've been introduced to crypto uh, through actually two other artists from the electronic scene. One is Danny Days from uh, Miami and one is Patrice Bommel from uh, Holland and both were like um, uh, really pushing me <laughs> into this world. It was I think 2016, 2017 and they were like telling me, no Seb, you should really put your ears and, and try to see what's happening at the moment in crypto. It's amazing. So of course, you know, a lot of people know that I'm kind of a utopist and I, I'm really into utopia and, you know, I, I started when I was a kid organizing rave parties which I think, in my opinion, the rave parties is one of these last uh, places on earth where we can have this feeling of freedom and where it's totally, you know, under any control. You know, you, you are like, uh, you organize a party and there is no rules and there is no, you don't know what's going to happen. And actually, that's really what I love when I started electronic music. And what I feel today in this, um, in this NFT space is like the energy and everything was possible. And the community, you know, was like very strong. And I was really into this when I started. And this, of course, people knew this for me that I was organizing rave parties and then festivals like Nuit Sonore Festival in Lyon. And uh, so they say, you should put your ears and, and, and watch what's happening now in, in the crypto space. And I guess they were right. That's, that's actually amazing. You know that uh, Nuit Sonore is the first festival I've ever done in France? Uh, so I love this festival and, and it's kind of great to, 
actually the link between electronic music and and NFTs and crypto is just so strong about uh, about what you mentioned and the values. So let's uh, you know because you know there is something like for example like you know in crypto uh, it's funny because there is always this joke about the Chinese ban yeah. <laughs> coming uh, coming every two weeks or so, or so. and. People forget that, but electronic music was banned. It was forbidden to dance on electronic music. Back in the days, you know, you, it was, you couldn't organize parties, you couldn't organize festival, everything was canceled by the police. And so in a way, you know, it's kind of similar. And of course, when something is banned, the community is so strong behind, because how can you ban something that is decentralized? How can you ban something that you really appeal for it? So, you know, I feel this, this parallelism is, is kind of true. That's a great pattern. That's actually a, a little aha moment I just had there. So once you started exploring the NFT realms, um, what inspired you the most or who inspired you? Was it like a, a project or um, certain execution, maybe an artist? So the thing is, um, I'm doing a lot of um, photographies and I'm really into um, design, of course, and I collaborate with a lot of contemporary artists, especially Philippe Pareno, who, who I guess was my main inspiration. Um, I did a few exhibitions with him, like at, in the Tate Modern in London and um, Amory Park in New York. And I think I learned a lot uh, collaborating with him in his own exhibitions. And um, I wanted to start in the NFT with something that was, in my opinion, something that was interesting enough. Because, of course, there are so many NFTs, so many visual artists, very talented, that is that are dropping things constantly since maybe two, three years, let's say, something like this. And, you know, I didn't want to arrive and to be like an opportunist. So I really wait for me to, to get the right project and the right time to do this. So I started with um, a project named Phytosen that I did with a biophysicist, um, Nicolas Desprats from Ecole Normale Supérieure in Paris and a sound designer, Nicolas Becker, who actually just won the Oscar for Sound of Metal. And I really recommend you to watch this movie. It's absolutely mind-blowing. And um, he managed to actually uh, make you feel the sense of what is the silence. So making the silence in, in music is kind of amazing. So I, I think you should definitely watch this movie because, because the story of is a drummer who got death in a tour. In a, he's, a, he's, a, he's playing in a band and he got death when he was playing on a gig. And so the whole movie is actually to um, make you feel what is the sensation when you lose the um, ability to listen things, you know? And it's so the silence is in the middle of this movie and the fact of losing your ears, you know? Of course, as a DJ and musician, <laughs> I'm very stressed by this. And I was doing the whole movie. I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? No. But so this, this project, this first um, project, Phytosen, I, I felt, because we were asking ourselves, is it something that, it's going to be a film that's going to be in a museum or do we want to, um, a physical museum, or do we want to maybe um, do our first NFT with this? And I thought it was interesting because we were recording the living. And the living, you know, like, it's something that is very difficult to catch. It's something, of course, that is in the instant and it disappears and it's something that is totally wild. And I thought it was interesting to record on the blockchain the living. So um, I thought it was a good start for NFT, not to, you know, to try to trying to capture um, microorganism cells, the growth of plants, and uh, you know it has been like three months of a lot of work, 
we were like um, uh, collecting datas for the sound with probes under the under the hemp field because it's a it's a project about hemp field and the hemp is the marijuana cuisine let's say you know so it's the marijuana without uh, the high effect <laughs> but uh, but this project was very mind-blowing we did this in Le Marais 30 minutes from Paris and um, so we did this this first one it, it went through uh, auction house it went through Philips and from that point I said okay I did my first step in the NFT world and and then I was feeling a bit more comfortable to to show my my art and and my projects. Absolutely. So you've been dropping NFTs on Foundation since early summer uh, this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, starting with uh, what is the dead dream to this is not Van Gogh to what if midday was at midnight. And I have to say it's an incredible mix of generative art, AI, science, and of course music. Um, talk to us about your creative approach to uh, the first foundation drops and what you've been exploring along the way uh, up until your most recent drop that we'll talk about in a minute. So for the for the early ones, um, you know, it was connected to the music I was releasing. So What If the Daydream is a track I did with the Colombian singer Ella Minus, and I'm a big fan of her voice. And I did, I don't know, I, I wrote this title, What If the Daydream, and I sent her the, the track and she told me, it's incredible you sent me this track because I actually just come back from a near-death experience. Wow. And it was not something that it was, you know, planned. And I didn't know that because I questioned her about her own album and the track was only codes and numbers. And I said, what is this code? And she told me, she told me it's the code of um, the, the area of the hospital. I wake up after three days in the coma. And so I was like totally, you know, <laughs> for the first minute I speak, I spoken with him because I didn't know her. I was, I was just fan. I said, we, we managed to get in touch. And so I was sending her the track and would you like to sing on this? And she said, you know, I didn't have to listen to it because the, the title of the song was exactly just what I experienced. And she got abused in a party and I take one minute of speaking about this. She got abused in a party and, and she has been abandoned and she wake up at the hospital. And I think it, Anything you can do in a party, having fun, uh, taking drugs or whatever, I think you should be surrounded with friends and not to be um, uh, led by yourself with people you're not totally convinced and sure about. So I think is you know, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to say this also because she she expressed it recently because for a few for a long time she didn't want to speak about that. So that was the the, the, the verse of this track, and so I was thinking, what how could I express this? And so I worked with um, my biophysicist, Nicolas, and um, we decided to, to show some uh, bacteria and microorganisms. And before, I mean, just when they start to... The birth of the microorganisms? Yes. Yeah. So it was the birth of the microorganism. And, uh, and I thought it was interesting to express, again, the living through that, you know. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was connected to the song and I thought it was cool to express the yes the growth and the life and the living in this in this song too again yeah that's that's an amazing story actually and and thank you for the message uh, it's uh, it's an important message. there is something you know there is something which I think is coming from the from my work of course in the contemporary art but um, I think the the narration the story behind the pieces is even more important than the pieces itself. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's, 
as, sometimes I see, actually I see some some uh, some polls on Twitter and what is important for you in the art, blah blah blah. But in my opinion, in the narration and the, the story behind and why you do this and and it's not to be intellectual, it's not to be cerebral. It's just like it's very important that it's just is something that you know it's it goes beyond the the visual aspect. Of course, the visual aspect is some the first thing that appeals us and. We want to, okay, we like it. Okay, I, I see it here, blah, blah, blah. But the story band is even more important, in my opinion. Absolutely. Context and storytelling are two things that appeal to the emotions and to the intellect. And it's part of the artwork. Um, and speaking of, you know, um, artworks, uh, your most recent drop uh, called uh, What If The Earth Would Turn Faster is a collaboration with Obvious. Um, a fascinating collective of French artists who are exploring the creative potential of AI. Um, how did that come into play and what was that collab collaboration like? Yeah, because it's a big one. I was really happy about this, to be honest. Um, the first time we met, they went to visit an exhibition I was doing during Art Basel in Miami. I think it was uh, before the, the year, just the year before the pandemic. I was showing some 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 arts and, and they went and they show up and they, that's the first time I met them. And I felt connected immediately with the guys. You know, the energy, they were like super excited and super positive people. And when um, Adrien, who works with me, showed me their the work and, and say, maybe you should guys do something together. I said, definitely, you know, there is no question. And I'm super happy to, to, to work with them. And I just launched my new album named .dev. And I was thinking it would be great to launch this with them. So I sent them a track named What If Earth Would Turn Faster? And we started thinking about the ideas and the, the sound is all AI generated. So maybe we're going to speak about this later. And obvious, of course, came with uh, some ideas about um, the AI work. And about AI, I think, you know, like I, recently I was thinking artificial intelligence is such a bad word. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible word. Absolutely. You know, I think it's a, it's a word from the past. It expressed something from nowadays or even maybe maybe a bit the future but it's a word from the past and i think it's who wants to work with something that is artificial mm -hmm. nobody and it's a bit scary in a way so i was telling this to the guy and i say you know what i would love to speak maybe it's there is a bit of algorithm intelligence ai but i think even more we are more in a augmented intelligence and when you think about doing art with an ai as an augmented intelligence it's already more cool you know mm -hmm. it's already something more interesting and appealing i guess because it's not the AI who is doing the work, of course, you know, it's just something that is used as a tool mm -hmm. to express your human uh, point of view. It's, an, it's a companion. It's a companion yeah, that helps. It's a friend. Exactly. That, I think, uh, I think you, you, may, you make a point here. And we'll dive more into AI in a few minutes, but I'd, I want us to talk more about NFTs and music. Um, because NFTs have taken the art and gaming industries by storm. And I feel that the music industry might be next. Um, because, you know, the Internet's dematerialization effect uh, allowed for massive scalability and ultimately democratized the music industry. Uh, you know, anyone can listen to any, any track or can produce any track if they have access to an Internet connection and, and a laptop, basically. Uh, and they can produce unlimited music, which is great. Uh, but that was kind of made at the expense of 
musical scarcity so you don't go dig for vinyl anymore i mean still a lot of djs do but you don't have this aspect of uh, i have a, a track that is super scarce apart from having it in a and having a vinyl record and of course there is the artist compensation aspect uh, to it um, of having you know the music industry that is uh, completely um, led by, um, you know, centralized institutions who uh, are, you know, music streaming service providers. Um, what's your point of view about, I know the question was super long, but I, I really wanted, you know, to put the whole context in there. Uh, what's your opinion about that? And do you think that NFTs can actually change that? I think NFT will change the music, but not as it's done by today, if I'm sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very difficult today to say, okay, um, here's my track, you can buy it as it is on iTunes or as it is on any other um, DSP platform. Mm-hmm. I think it's if it's just that, there is no luck, I think, mm-hmm. to be honest. And maybe, okay, maybe one artist very famous here and there will do a big amount of money for this or this song, but my opinion is the blockchain gives us so many perspectives that it questions the format of the audio. And what I'm saying this is, I mean, you know, for example, if I'm take, speaking about the samples, and if you do a song and someone sample your song, or as an artist, if I sample something, you know, you have to, for example, um, ask the publisher, we have to ask the authorization, we have to negotiate that. But the blockchain nowadays, for example, could allow to say, okay, if you want to use my voice, this is this. If you want to use the drum part, this is this. If you want to use the... Um, the bass, the bass, this is it, you know, we can actually, in the format of the song, uh, decide all the layers and you can say, okay, for the voice is a 20%, I don't know, or if you want, if you want to use the, the bass line in your song, it's free, or, you know, you, you can actually decide and this is just one aspect of uh, what you could do with the format, but also the format could, as soon as you, you play it, could detect if you have like one speaker, two speakers, five speakers, ten speakers in your in your place, and adapt the the way it plays. I think the possibilities are endless, and at the moment it's just a point wave, or sometimes even an MP3, which is so wrong. You know, you, I, I don't. I think it's very early, and it's very not totally um, scaled yet. I think it will. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely will. And if, I know some people who are working on, on those questions already, and I think they will do amazing. But at the moment, I, I guess we still have to to elaborate how it can be very smart and clever to use NFT for audio. And at the moment, it's just kind of basic, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we also need people like you and other artists that um, you know experiment with the technology and are able to uh, form some sort of bridge between this industry and and blockchains and NFTs uh, and everything related to that. Um, so when you think of the future, what excites you the most? I think it's, to be honest, the present is super exciting. Okay. And it, uh, really, uh, I really feel this period is fantastic for artists. You can actually, it's a big reset for art in general, uh, not only music, not only video, but I can see so many cross-disciplinaries and cross-modeled, let's say, mm-hmm. Um, that is very interesting to to be part of. And I didn't feel this for the last 10 or 15 years. To, if I'm just speaking about electronic music, I think, you know, there is not so many inventions as like musically, I would say, 
There is not something where you say, oh, I never heard that. Mm -hmm. Just the music by itself. But the technology now will help us to actually go beyond that. And I feel it's a, it's a new era and we are, it's not only about art, but the, the world in general, we are coming from a one dimension world to a multi-dimensional world. So it's not that we're going to delay the physical world. It's not that we're going to delay the, what's happening is we are adding layers and we are add, adding perspectives. And I did a lot of, uh, uh, let's say like a, uh, experience of uh, consciousness in my life. And of course, I know that our eyes are lying to us every day. And what we see is just a very little fragment of what is happening. And so I feel that we are coming to um, cross all this approach, the cosmic kind of mystical <laughs> approach to the technology one and i think they will all be connected very fast yeah absolutely and the fact that electronic music is at the forefront of this technological adoption um and you know speaking of the advancement of ai as well and to your earlier point we're starting to see fascinating performances that sit right in the middle of audio and visual art i'm thinking of you know dixon and transmoderna for instance um do you think that the future of electronic music will be um, audiovisual, multi-dimensional, as as you just mentioned, and if 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 the how how do you see that evolving? So they are. I think it also depends on the experience. If we speak about the private experience, if we speak about an audience experience, um, or if we speak about the studio work experiences, I think it's three different way of uh, of approaching this. Let's explore them. In the studio experience, mm -hmm. I really feel that you know thinking about a track that is never static anymore is something totally new. And um, I just explore with uh, my friends from Bronze, with a company expert in audio and AI in England. We, we start to experiment this and release the player recently, where every time you press play, you can hear a new version of the song. So the song is never the same. And it's only you who are gonna listen to this version. So this song is just for you, it's your intimate one and you will never be able to listen again twice the same one. And actually, that, I think it's something very interesting because it questions the place of your own decision, your judgment, what you think is good, what you think is bad, and all your, your like, uh, you know, your certitudes. I don't know if the word in English actually is certitude. <laughs> yeah, it but, makes uh, sense. You know, yes. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm very excited by that. And again, it's not the AI who is like... Uh, uh, deciding for us because there is a lot of work to manage to make a song every time you press play being listenable and not being a chaos, not being totally crazy. So it's it's a lot of work to manage this, and it's a lot of actually it's a kind of the art blocks but in audio, you know. And uh, I think it's very interesting. And you know, actually on on the obvious um, drop we did for the for the planets, mm -hmm. the song is attached to it, so. Every, you know, it's, we, we took five iterations of the song that this player did, and the song is attached to it, and every song is different. So I think it's very interesting, this, this approach. It is. It is fascinating. And I love the analogy that you made with Artbox. So it's basically a song generator, and when you click on the button, and that's what I really like about Artbox is that you participate in the creation of the artwork. You feel that you're doing something as a user, uh, as a collector, uh, um, and that you are adding or participating in the creative process itself, which is in itself, it's something that's so uh, disruptive. 
to the actual, you know, top-down model uh, of, of creativity, which is fascinating. Uh, wh what about the performance aspect when you think of, you know, um, club performances, festivals? Um, so re <laughs> recently, you know, in this amp field, they asked me to play, to do a party in the amp, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And, I and I felt, let's do something a bit different. So instead of me performing, let's ask if the hemp field would perform itself. So we, we started collecting the data from this hemp field and we create a radio in hemp FM and you can listen 24, 24, seven day a week and you can have the song in the language of the hemp field. So it's not anymore me who is playing. It's, of course, there are some songs, it's a hybrid system. There are some, some songs and some uh, layers that we, we created, but it's totally played through the hemp um, growing the growth of the hemp, the respiration. We put a, sta a meteor station also that triggers this. So if it's raining, if there is wind, if there is um, pressure, atmospheric is changing or whatever it's happening, it triggers this radio. And I think it's very interesting to perform this and actually to connect with the living. And I speak a lot about the living because they are so connected to the algorithm. If more, more, more you study the living, more you see how close it is to an algorithm. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to speak about the matrix uh, kind of uh, way of, uh, of, but there are so many, you know, I think it's Philip K. Dick who was telling in the seventies that we were living in a program computer reality. And I agree 100% at, at the moment because all what we are experiencing all, or, or what we are doing in laboratories with scientific or philosopher put us closer to this. And this is why I want to work a lot with the living in, inside the blockchain, because one day maybe they will merge. That's fascinating. Uh, I mean, maybe you could talk to us more about um, your future uh, projects, personal projects and, and you know artistic projects before we move on to the last segment of the show. I could keep going for, for hours, but uh, I know that time <laughs> is tight. So maybe, maybe tell us, tell us what, what you're up to next. Um, what, what, you know, from a musical uh, standpoint, but of course from, from a you know, crypto art standpoint as well. My problem is I have one idea every day. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big problem for everyone who works with me because every time, I, every day, there is not something new popping up. But uh, so let's say today. <laughs> okay. Today, like um, I, I discovered recently this object platform and uh, a bit before the Inkenung drama that happened this weekend, mm -hmm. um, last weekend. And um, so tomorrow, I think I will uh, reveal first art piece on object about what I call a biological um, generative art. It questions um, all our human gestures and all uh, human actions. And um, it's a project that I think show human actions for years and actually how it's so close again to be like biological and 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 real generative art are very close of each other so it's a project that i will i will show on object and and i'm very happy about this because i discovered so many artists in uh, in this platform i think it's amazing all the all the talents that are here and i have to say that also the team is very nice and and every time i speak with the team you know they 
they show me art because I'm buying a lot of NFTs also. I mean, you know, it's a bit like DJ, you know, I do music, but I buy a lot of records. You were speaking about vinyls before and I bought, I'm buying still vinyls every week, you know, from shops in my favorite shops that are Phonica and, and Boomcat in London, both of them. And I'm buying a lot, you know, and uh, it's, it's the same with the NFTs. I'm addicted to it now, mm -hmm. you know, every day, like I monitor the wallet that I like and the artists that I like. And so I check what, what's happening and what are the new drops and, <laughs> and I'm constantly having, having new ones. And I think it's, it's beautiful because it's, you know, and yes, I'm a collector as much as I'm an artist, I feel, to be honest. And, uh, and I'm, I love to be mind blown by, by the artists I, I discovering, you know. There are so many different kind of arts, so many different approaches. And, you know, from, let's say Nicolas Sasson, very generative to Laurent Fuller, kind of poetic AI approach to, um, I mean, so many, you know? And yeah. It's a, it's I'm, I'm, I'm a constant happy, inspiration. I'm happy to stepping in this world. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just stepping in it. So, you know, I'm very humble and I don't want to, uh, I'm not comparing myself to them, but I'm really happy to, 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 to be part of it, yeah. And we're happy to have you here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to everyone, uh, go check out what uh, what Sub's doing on, on Object. I was lucky to get a small sneak peek yesterday and it looks amazing. It's time to move on to the last segment of the show. Uh, we've decided to make it a bit more playful. Uh, so we'll have a round of rapid fire questions. I'll ask you 10 questions in total. Rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. <laughs> That's how we call it. So it has to be a rapid answer? It has to be, yeah, somewhat, somewhat of a rapid answer. <laughs> So uh, in total, we'll have um, 10 questions with an either-or question followed by an open question. Um, uh, you, you'll understand as soon as I start. I, wait a second, I put my butt on it so he will answer. <laughs> so are you ready? Yeah. Uh, DJing or producing? Producing. Favorite track ever? No, no it's not called DJ. It depends. <laughs> you know, you ask me this, you ask me this, we have Tuesday. Of course, I'm like tired from the weekend and the parties, so I say producing. But if you ask me on Thursday, and I would say DJ because I want to be to the weekend and play, you know? That's that's really every day there's a different idea. Huh? <laughs> As, <laughs> so, DJing? Both. Both, okay. Favorite track ever? Mm. Rapid Fire. Manuel Gotching, E2, E4. Object or OpenSea? Object. Favorite crypto artist? Oh, it's terrible, these questions. <laughs> I will say, to be honest, I think I will say, I will say Lorenz Fuller because what I love with um, this artist is, is uh, using technology, but also there is so much poesy mm -hmm. and um, I'm attracted by this. Absolutely. I love Lorenz Fuller, for sure. Um, club or festival? Club. Favorite DJ to go back to back with? I would love to DJ with an AI one day. I would love to, to play with an AI. Okay, and do you think do you think we can make that happen soon from a technological standpoint? I did a track with a, with actually a hologram. Mm -hmm. It was ten years ago, and it the, this um, it was an algorithm named Atsune Miku. It's a Japanese artist, and uh, it was my very first music I did with uh, with an algorithm, and it was already ten years ago. So I felt, yeah, I think I think we're gonna have like this kind of opportunities, maybe let's say in three years, let's say. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh, vocals or instrumentals? I'm a very bad singer, so I would say vocal. Okay. Favorite book? 1994. You've partly answered this, uh, but uh, I'll ask it anyway. Today or tomorrow? Today. What's your favorite motto? Uh, to be honest, I don't. I think I don't have one. Okay. Then maybe you can you can give a message to the community and everyone who's listening to us. 
final words? I like to think that uh, every actions we are doing nowadays will change tomorrow. That is actually the perfect way to end it. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the ledger. Um, I'll be looking forward to to seeing you soon. And and yeah, you know, uh, you can you can come on the ledger whenever you want. Uh, and I think uh, I think this is the the first of of many many future uh, times that we'll have you here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, thanks for everyone. And and uh, actually, you know what? I have a ledger. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Ma- makes me makes me feel reassured that uh, that all the crypto art you've been collecting is in is in a safe place. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Speak soon. That's it. If you've enjoyed this and want to check out Agoria's work, head to Foundation or Object as he's mentioned. You clearly won't regret it. And if you want to explore crypto and NFTs, you know, as usual, we've got you covered with Ledger Academy, School of Block, and our brand new show called Down the Rabbit Hole. So be sure to check that out as well. This was On the Ledger from Paris with your host Mol Said. Till next time, take care. Au revoir. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research and the loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.